here we are again, I guess. Can't can't really start other than that. Just we're here again. We're here. Or you could tell the good I, people where you were this weekend. I spent the week yeah, that's true. I did take a long weekend trip to the fine city of Nashville for their great music and great food. And incredible people watching. I don't know if you're into people watching, but people watching in Nashville, Tennessee is breathtaking. Elaborate. Well, it's like it's like a poor man's Las Vegas. It's a poor man's Las Vegas. That is the best way of talking about it. So the amount of bachelorette parties and the amount of bros and the that are there that are just from out of town is actually it's incredible how many out of towners you'll see. How many people um Nashville SC fans did you meet? I did not meet meet or see any signs of Nashville SC other than two things. The a magnet on the refrigerator of the Airbnb I was staying at and one person wearing a t-shirt. That was it. So yeah, I mean, there wasn't a ton of evidence of it, but I don't think it's, oh, I, there was a third actually. I saw a billboard. They had a couple of billboards up. So did you actually hear they're moving their first game to Nissan stadium? I did hear that. And I also heard that, um, Nashville is close to setting a USL record for first season season tickets. Which might mean they end up playing at Nissan Stadium full time, which would be that, very interesting. Yes. Because that stadium, that stadium only gets used. That stadium is a huge part of their downtown. It literally takes up a good portion of the downtown riverfront area. And it only gets used eight times a year. Right. For you, Titans games. Yeah. And the Titans just started being good, so it's kind of a waste. Don't at me, Titans fans. <clears throat> but yeah, so Nashville was fun. Did you also see Black Panther this weekend? I am very behind on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I didn't see Thor. I uh, I saw Black Panther this past weekend. It is quite possibly one of my top favorite movies in the MCU. As compared to what? What was your favorite one going in? I would probably say... Um, probably Winter Soldier. Good choice. Very good choice. Um, here, here is my spoiler-free review of Black Panther. Like I said, it is definitely in my top favorite of uh, MCU movies. Um, the woman in this movie, particularly two, two in particular, can just get it done. And two particular women stood out. I mean, women in the MCU have always been able to, you know, get it done. But the women in this movie just take it to another level. 
And another thing is, uh, this movie does not pull its punches in a social commentary. And I think that was kind of the point. Yes. Is it was a very cultural centric movie, and that that was great. It's created a lot of conversation. It's created a lot of overall pub positive opinion. Have has there been some very unsettling behavior associated with it? Yes, but you're going to see that in movies. You're going to see that in art. You're going to see that in sports. I mean, we yeah. just saw that this weekend with the Wigan and the Manchester City fans and getting into it. Was that at Wigan or at Man City? I think it was at Wigan. I believe it was at, it was at Wigan. If you, no one knows what we're talking about. Um, Wigan Athletic, who is... They're in the third th- tier. They're I believe in the they're in... League, that's League One. Yes. In England. And they beat the current... The current leaders of the Premier League in the FA Cup. And the Man City fans did not take it well. Which is odd because they're going to win... The they, Premier they, League. Well, it's big. I think they just wanted the quadruple. There was no way they were going to win the quadruple. No way. No. I because think they're going to crash out of the League Cup too. They might, I, and I still give them a fairly good chance of winning the Champions League. No, Liverpool's winning the Champions League. Highest scoring club. In the Champions League, we're moving on to the last eight. If you if you don't think we're moving on to the last eight, well, and we're going to dominate in the last eight, you, I will fight you're, you. You're basically already in the, the quarterfinals. Five to zero with Sadio Mane coming alive and, and winning it away at FC Porto. They haven't even played the home game yet. They'll play, they yeah, will advance you're, you're the day the... before my birthday. That's going to be a great week. Yeah, you're already in the quarterfinals. Exactly. Gosh darn right. But we're not here to talk about the Premier League. We're not here to talk about the FA Cup or the Black Panther or my weekend excursion to Nashville for lots of good food. We're here to talk about U.S. soccer. I'm Alex Ryder, and I am joined by the illustrious sounds of Jordan Hawkins' voice. Hello. Como estas? Okay. Uh, Bien, gracias, y tú? That's all the Spanish I know, and I... That's all the Spanish I know. It's enough. What's going on? What's going on in this great world of domestic soccer, Jordan? Well, uh, if you're living under a rock, we also have a new USF president. Yes, we do. Carlos Cordero, who was pr- whose previous job was as vice president of the United States Soccer Federation. He was elected with a large majority, and after ha- was it this was that the first round or the second? I believe it was the first round of balloting. It okay. was pretty much unanimous. Yeah. It, it, I had the numbers pulled up, but I lost them. 
Is this a, is this the part where we start talking about uh, Russian hacking? No, and and here's the thing. I believed you. I would have believed you if you would have told me there was actually Russian hacking involved. You see, I texted you this as a joke. I know, and I, and and I'm, I, and and I took, sure it that you took it seriously. You took it seriously. You took it seriously. I took it seriously, but now I know better. But yes, there, there was an election, and Carlos Cordero who was not the favorite coming in. Kathy Carter was the overwhelming favorite. But she she walked away actually with not nearly as many votes as anticipated. And because of that, Carlos Cordero is will now be in charge of U.S. soccer. And one of the first things, he he's full-on admitted in interviews that he's not a soccer expert. He's a former Golden Sachs executive, so he's a businessman. And what he, what it looks like he's going to do, is he's going to treat this like a business. He's go, which can both be good and bad depending on how you look at it. He's almost a me. It sounds like he's immediately going to appoint a GM, and then we'll see that escalate from there. It'll be. So we're going to see a GM and maybe a. Slash technical director. I, it sounds to me like those will be two separate jobs. From what everything I have read and everything I've seen both pre and post election, Carlos Cordero is going to appoint a GM who will then be in charge of putting together a strong team for technical direction which will be i think that'll be a long-term position that won't be a hire them and they do the job for two years i think that'll be a long-term position in order to create a goal i would not be surprised if jürgen klinsman gets that job i hope he does because 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 he started us on a good path for for development we're seeing the results of that he was a very good technical director uh he found pulisic which y'all plucked wait. him out of nowhere. But he wasn't a good coach. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I mean yes, yes, he got us out of the group of death in Brazil, but we just went nowhere after that. Well, and it didn't help that he had much more competition during the post-Brazil cycle. Because not only were we increasing in our quality, both domestically and abroad, when it comes to U.S. US associated players, but also the MLS was creating much better teams in Central America. Which is why the United States didn't qualify for the World Cup and Panama qualified for their first World Cup ever. Right, because look how many players contributed to uh, what was it, Honduras and Panama and how many of them were playing in MLS. MLS is and, it, and MLS is now the springboard for the players that don't get plucked up 
directly to European clubs. It's for where they get proven and then get moved on to European clubs, which is good, but it's and will generate a better quality of play. But it also means that the U.S. has to keep up, if not exceed that, not just to qualify, but to compete on the international stage. So with that in mind, hiring a GM that can manage the day to day, not just for the men's, but for the women's too, and for the youth, but can also create a a, a good direction for the overall program. I don't, we're not going to see how good of a president Carlos Cordero is. We weren't going to see that from any of the candidates. A lot of people wanted overwhelming change. And we will see some change, but I don't think it's going to be evident overnight. No, it's not. We're not going to get executive orders right out of the gate. I mean, you're not going to see change in, I'm going to say, not at least for a year. Yeah, I agree. I think that, like if, you if, said. If not a year, not at least not until after the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. He's going to start building his team after the World Cup, and the tar- the first real test bed will be, do we have a technical... I don't even think we need a technical director by the first matches in the League of Nations. Is it the League of Nations or something else? I can't, I've always said it differently. I, think, I, believe, I believe it, it is. No, it's, no, it's Nations, it the League. Nations League. Nations League. Um, But if I think the biggest goal will be, do we see a GM with a good direction in place by the start of the fall Nations League matches? That's that will determine where we're heading and where Carlos Cordero is going to take us. So. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to U.S. Soccer on on a new chapter. I, for one, welcome change. I just hope it's the change that not only promotes the sport domestically, but helps us compete overall. So Exactly. And speaking of competition, we got several announcements of that kind in recent weeks, haven't we, Jordan? Yes, we did. Um... March 27th, uh, the men's national team will play Paraguay at the stadium uh, which the North Carolina FC plays. Which, that's incredible. That's That, that stadium barely seats 10,000 people. That's, that's going to no. sell out. No, barely. Not, I, I think it's like 5,000 people. It, it, it's going to sell out. This is like... If I remember, remember correctly... Oh, no, I was is, correct. It's 10,000. This is the first time the men's national team will play in North Carolina since 2006. Really? I didn't know that. If I, if I remember correctly. Here's a little pop quiz. When was the last time... The U.S. played Paraguay. Was it right after? No. Um, Copa America Centenario. Bingo. They played, the, 
Was it during during it was, the or right before? It was in the group stage. Okay. Uh, that was I believe that was the last game of the group stage. Uh, when uh, Dempsey got the lone goal and was it Jermaine Jones that got a red card? That sounds correct. Yeah. Um. I believe that was Tremaine Jones's last match on the yeah, yeah. national Yeah, that, that was team. his last match on an international stage. Who does he play now? The L- for the LA Galaxy? Nope. Is he retired? I didn't know, even know. I I knew he was for the Galaxy last year. I don't know where where he is uh, this he, year. His, his, uh, I believe is either his option was declined or his contract right now well there's been overhauling changes in mls so which we're going to talk about in a bit we will get to that but yeah and just to confirm wake med soccer complex does in fact seat ten thousand people and is home to the north carolina fc and the courage correct yes yes the courage do also play there that stadium's been open a while. I didn't realize how old it is. That stadium's been open since 2001. Wow. So, today I learned. And, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, the men's national team has a record against Paraguay of three wins, two losses, and two draws. So, more than likely, we will see a little bit more of a mix of European and domestic players. Because you told me, and if you're correct, this is over a international break. Yeah. I think this is the last international break of the European season. Because this is when... And then you've got... And which is odd, because you would think we would play two, but I think we're kind of saving everything for when we go over to Europe in June right before the World Cup. Doesn't That's look correct. like the the not invited tournament is happening though, does it? It does not. Uh but we will play uh two games in Europe with uh and are we calling this the love triangle? <laughs> I, I I I'm going to be completely honest, I don't understand that joke. Because um It'll be us, Ireland, and France. Well, Fran- France. We will, we will play Ir- France and Ireland, and then France and Ireland will play each other. Oh, so it's basically just a a quick tournament. No yeah. big deal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, and that's literally that's like about a m- less than a month before the World Cup starts, right? Mm-hmm. These are we are the warm up matches for France. Yes. Ireland did not Ireland did not make it to the World Cup. So basically, Ireland and the U.S. will be the warm-up matches for France. Bingo. In the 2018 FIFA World Cup. Uh, Yes. Uh, We will play Ireland um, on June 2nd in Dublin at Daviva Stadium. I did not know that. I did not know this, but Aviva Stadium sits like fifty thousand. Yeah, it's the. It's also a rugby ground, isn't it? I believe that is correct. So 
that will that'll be an interesting thing because will we bring over a lot of MLS players or will that simply be let's bring in European kids both big and small? I I honestly hope um, young and old is what I meant to say yeah, there, but you know. Uh, and then uh, June 9th, we will go to Lyon, France, and play France in Lyon. Which, again, is basically just us being a warm-up for them, which I think I could pretty much guarantee we're going to lose that match, if nothing else, because there's probably an agreement for us to lose, just so that France goes into the World Cup confident, but... I'd really like to see. I could care less about the other two matches. I would love to see us beat France right before the World Cup. Fun fact. We have played France three times. Guess how many goals we have scored against France? None. None. Guess how many they scored against us? I'm going to guess a ballpark of about nine. Higher. Oh my. Three matches in the history of international football. Correct. And they've scored 10 goals on us? 10 goals. Jeez. They, France has outscored the men's and outstrom team over three matches, 10 to nothing. Dude, you did your homework. I did do my homework. You're making me look bad this week. Well, I, I both of those European games. I would like to see us bring some of that European youth. Exactly. Not not the guys we know, not the Jeff Camerons, not the... I would like to see, like, um, what's his name that's in the PSG Academy? Uh, Why can't I remember his name? I I always talk about him, but I can never remember his name. I want that kid in there because I'm nervous he's going to get signed by Liberia, but... Timothy Way. Timothy Way, thank you. I want Timothy Way to get capped before the World Cup. I yes, need I, I, Timothy Way to be capped so that he can play with us starting in the fall. I need that kid yes. to get into the system now because he is going to... Him alongside Christian Pulisic and DeAndre Yedlin are going to be what we build. And Winston McKinney. And, okay, and Bill Hamid. West, and and there, Bill Hamid. There we uh, go. Winston, That's... West, Weston McKinney, uh, you can throw Josh Sargent in there as well. True, true. There you go. That's that's half a starting lineup for the 2022 World Cup right there. Exactly. Throw in, throw in those players. Find the other ones that can work with those players, those proven young players, and experiment with a couple of U.S.-based young, and again, young, 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 young. Because we have to answer the question, what players are we going to put out there come 2022? None of the, very few of the players that were on the field in 2017, that's for sure. I can tell you right now that the March 27th game is going to be the Michael Bradley, Josie Altador, and Clint Dempsey testimonial matches. Oh, and of course, you're, you're going to have the senior member of the 2022 World Cup team, Jordan Morris, who is eventually going to end up in Germany. Come on, let's be honest. Germany 
or some poor club in England. I mean, he, he he's eventually going to go to Europe, which I hope he does because let's be sooner honest. Sooner rather than later. Sooner rather than later because let's be honest, uh, going, to New, going to Newcastle has done wonders for Yedlin's ability. Exactly. But sent... But go to a club where he's actually going to play. Don't pull a Kyle Laren and Sorry, I'm still salty, by the way. A little salty. Got great joy out of seeing him not even on the bench for Besiktas butt-whooping by Bayern Munich today. No, don't go to... Because um, originally, Yedlin went to Tottenham, and, and he played, like, what, two games? Jordan Morris trialed with Tottenham? I didn't know. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about Yedlin. Oh yes. Yedlin was signed by Tottenham from Seattle and he played by probably what, two games? Yes. He had an assist actually, if my memory serves me correct, in an FA Cup match. He might have. Then he went to uh Sunderland and then Sunderland took a nosedive. And then He's actually done very well at Newcastle. And it, and Isn't and it, he helping Newcastle get promoted again? He did help get Newcastle promoted from championship back to the premiership. That's what I thought. Yes. And so, like I said, it has done wonders for Yedlin's ability. Whereas players like Josie Altidore. And this again goes back to the fact that here we are, what, two years, three years later? And we're basically saying that Jurgen Klinsmann was right. He, he was right. Jurgen Klinsmann was right. But I don't think that we should just use European-based players. No. You mix them in. We just listed all of the ones that we know for a fact will be playing for our team come the... 2019 Gold Cup come the 2018 and 2010 or 2020 Nations League campaigns. I mean, we might have some players that come through the MLS Super Draft this year and make it to the national team. One name I'm going to just throw out there because I am all on board his hype train right now. Keep an eye out for Chris Mueller. Forward from the University of Wisconsin, selected sixth overall by who? Orlando City Soccer Club. I knew that was coming. And he's going to learn. And who is he going to learn from? He's going to learn from Dom Dwyer. He's going to learn from Dom Dwyer and Justin Merrim. And he's going to learn. And I think he's going to do wonders. And he's going to get a call up in the fall. Mark my words. He's going to get a call up in the fall. We'll see how his fitness goes. I'm going to write that down so I can hold you to it. February 20th, 2018, year of our Lord. Just 12 days removed from the start of the MLS season where he might have to play right, by the way. Dom Dwyer is not going to be healthy in time for the beginning of of the MLS season. I think they're going to have to put a rookie that has never played in an MLS match uh, into an MLS match as e- as either a starter or a substitute. 
which is ironic because that's the only way you get into any kind of soccer match. So, Chris, watch out for Chris Mueller. But though that being said, we'll get our testimonials on the 27th, and then we'll move on to bringing in some of the young European kids. Well, and we'll see. Maybe by June, we'll have a new technical director and a new coach. I hope not, but we'll see. We say that a lot on this podcast. Yeah, but isn't that basically what U.S. soccer is doing right now? Wait, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. There's our you're, show you're title. Correct. And there's our show title, by the way. Wait, we'll see. Speaking of waiting to see, um, the women also had a couple of matches announced. Yes. Uh, in, what is it, a couple of days? A few days? Just a few days. They opened up their second day of practice today in good old Orlando. Where the Orlando Pride opened their training camp yesterday as well. Uh, they'll play three games in... The She Believes Cup, uh, playing against Germany, France, and England, respectively. And those games will be when? Uh, they'll play Germany March 1st, France, Mar- uh, France March 4th, and England March 7th. And those matches will be played in Columbus, Ohio, Harrison, New Jersey, and Orlando, Florida, respectively. All at MLS stadiums, and mark my words, they're going to sell out all three of them. Mm-hmm. They're playing double headers, too, because France, England, and Germany will also be going on this little tour around the east portions of the United States, and they will be. Oh, they will be. Um, <laughs> And they will be playing games either before or after these matches, which is seems to me like a very exciting thing to open up the women's game. I mean, that, that whole week is going to be insane because you've got MLS starting. You've got a, a domestic women's tournament, which always brings out a big crowd. And you've got... You've got the women's game starting just a few weeks later. So, so it's an exciting time. We're, we're getting back to domestic soccer again, which I'm very excited about. Both and internationally and club level. And uh, a month later, they will play, I guess you can call it a doubleheader against Mexico. <laughs> and some would, and some would even argue it's a home and away series because you've well, got essentially yes because uh, one game uh, April fifth will be in Houston. At, that, is, that, that is correct. At, yes. Yes, and at then, Everbank Stadium, the home of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, and the next game April eighth. So yes, it it is essentially a home and away series. So that that'll be a very exciting time for the women's game. They're 
they're definitely going to capitalize on the fact that the men didn't do very well. And I think this will definitely help give Carlos Cadero more reason to encourage the business decision of equal pay for the men's and women's teams. And I think they're going to get it. Mark my words before the end of the year. They better. And you can hear about many of those games here on the American Soccer Broadcast. Because we will definitely be doing reviews of those. And standing with our fellow soccer fans somewhere at some time. So, want to move on to domestic news? Let's do it. Um, really, really right now we're getting into the, we're getting into the nitty gritty. We're just 12 days away from the start of the MLS season and a little over three weeks away from the start of the USL season. The NASL season isn't supposedly starting until the fall, but at this point there's no going to be no teams If, if they start so. at all. Yes. But we do have our full USL schedule. And no teams have been added to, no additional teams have been added or removed from the USL schedule this year. And the USL will kick off on, I believe it's March 17th, is I believe the first set of matches in the USL. You probably know more than I do. I love, I, I, last year, the second half of last year, I fell in love with just, it was actually right after I came to visit you, I fell in love with pulling up YouTube on my Xbox on a Saturday night and on my iPad having a having the late MLS match, which typically if they were home was Seattle Sounders playing a 10 o'clock Eastern game. That's usually the case. And then having another game, more than likely one of the many California based teams on my Xbox and getting just a little bit of extra domestic soccer in. So so very much looking forward to getting domestic soccer back underway. Yes. Um a lot of movement. I, I, I can't even go through it. I'll link to the there's been a lot of movement, a bizarre amount of movement between MLS and USL clubs this year. You saw a lot of movement up and a lot of movement down not just because of associations but of free agent players looking for second chances and that was bizarrely wide open this year and I think it's going to lead to a very interesting dynamic where the USL gets more competition to the point where it's considered as a very some would argue that it's not a very credible league right now because if you walk up to pretty much any non-soccer fan and say, have you ever heard of the USL? They probably would say, no, I've never heard of it. In the same way that nobody knows what minor league baseball league their local team is in. They just go. They, they just go and watch baseball. And that's where we're going to get into this point where with – the damage that's been done to the NFL's reputation and with and with an increase in awareness of soccer again this summer, we're going to see a resurgence of 
soccer attendance even even without even without the u.s in the world cup yes i don't think i i I was nervous up until about a month ago that we were going to see a dramatic decrease in soccer fandom in the u.s because of it i think if anything we're going to see more because the usl and I give credit mostly to the USL because they've created an environment for facilitating local play. The, the USL has actually created a very credible league, and a yeah, lot of clubs. Drum- and a, a lot, lot of clubs, clubs, a lot of clubs have generated a lot of local interest in whatever city or town they're in. I mean, look, like we were talking about earlier. Nashville is playing their home opener, their first... They, I mean, first off, they sold out a minor league baseball stadium again for a friendly against Atlanta United, which was a preseason game. And they sold out. They sold it out. They could have played that thing at Nissan Stadium like they're going to play their their first regular season game in existence. They're going to play it at Nissan Stadium, and I think they're going to sell forty thousand tickets. Oh yeah, they, they will. They will sell out. They will if they will sell it if not close to sell out, no problem. If they and, sell it out, they're going to have to redraw the stadium plans down there. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're going to have to increase the capacity by if by a multitude. If anything, work at a deal to just play at Nissan Stadium, but I don't think MLS will go for that. At least no, not right away. No. So, and speaking very... of which, uh, speaking of which, um, Indy Eleven has announced yeah. that they will play some, yep. if not all, games at Lucas Oil Stadium, which is where the Neapolis Colts play. Which is a big deal to bring more city awareness of how many soccer fans there are. Because yes. Indy Eleven, if I'm not mistaken, Indy Eleven have sold out every single home game since their. Yes. Since they have, they have sold out uh, all, if not close to it, all home matches, which they play at uh, Indiana and Indiana Purdue University's Indianapolis Stadium, which is basically a track and field stadium. Which it it's what? Is it a 9,000 or a 10,000 capacity that they consistently sell out? It's, uh, if I remember correctly, it's, uh, like 10 to 11,000. So, again, we're going to see another instance of a USL club, a second division club, play in an NFL stadium and sell a lot of tickets, which is then going to bring us. (laughs) <laughs> the, we're, we're just we're just spitting poetic today this is going to bring us Again, to it's two teams that have generated so much local interest that they're going to play in nfl stadiums and they're not even the biggest biggest contenders necessarily for this round of MLS expansion. Indy, the only reason Indy wasn't on the short list was because the city doesn't want to pay for the stadium. Yeah. So which, now they're going to the show the city. Consi- the club has consistently told the city that they won't have to pay a dime 
the only way you will pay for the stadium is if you go to events at the stadium. But, again, the state doesn't want to do it. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Well, and that can, that we'll get back to that a little bit when we talk about our our little MLS twenty twenty six conversation. So, between that and the fact that Nashville Nashville already got theirs, Nashville's going to yes. prove in their first ever game as a USL D two club why MLS gave them their expansion. Mm-hmm. They already did with a preseason match, so yeah. Very much looking forward to seeing how domestic soccer increases and how fans such as and I'm just gonna do the segue right here because we can talk about the MLS a little bit later, but we're basically waiting for MLS twenty six at this point. Mm-hmm. We got MLS twenty four, which in my opinion is Nashville. Some would argue that it's Miami, but and Miami got Whatever. officially announced after, so they're they're MLS twenty five, MLS twenty six, and we all know it is between Sacramento and Cincinnati, and, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. and we're gonna see both clubs in the USL attempt to make their case not just not just through their fan bases but through their play they need to show through their play because both clubs have been mediocre at best in the the last what year year and a half sack or cincinnati blew it in the playoffs had a rough start towards the end and sacramento has been mediocre mediocre at best Let's see both teams make incredible runs in their respective divisions and see not just through their fans, but through their and their commitment as a business entity, but as a heart and soul, put it all on the field. Do what Orlando City did in 2011 and 2013. Win the hearts of not just your local community, but of the country of the league and go into MLS saying we are Cincinnati or we are Sacramento. And, we and I'm not here. And exactly. And we, we belong, belong here. here. That should be, that should be their, both their campaigns. So that being said, who's MLS 27 and 28 right now, based on all the clubs that exist, including Las Vegas Lights have made a very strong case in their preseason and with all the great stuff that the electric company's been doing. I'm not kidding. Their supporters group is called the electric company, and I love it. That, that I is, that is love it. That's actually kind of brutal. What do you think? Right now. I'd, I'd actually have to look at the short list again. I can tell you right now, I can tell you definitively right now as I lean back in my chair because it is that time of night where I'm exhausted, but I think the espresso is wearing off. I, we don't want to talk about, we'll talk about my espresso intake in the post show, but I, I, I think that 
a couple of club, all the clubs that will end up in MLS this year is basically the cutoff for them to exist. USL ha- contains MLS 27 and MLS yeah, and, 20. And then that's where, that's where you And you know them. who the, Yes. And if, if, if there's any that, more movement, it's going to be promotion relegation. Which we might eventually happen, but the case for promotion and relegation in North America took a dramatic hit in recent weeks with the strong conversation generated by several reports out of Mexico that Liga MX will be suspending the practice of promotion and relegation for the next four years due to business concerns. So we will see how that goes and how the 2018 and even arguably the 2022 World Cups affect domestic soccer. The 2014 World Cup directly influenced the greatness that is the USL. In the, gr- in the growth, I believe there were only 18 teams in the 2013 USL season. And now there is 33. And they're, and they're getting to the point where they're now going to have to send some of those teams to D3 to join teams like Tomanta FC and the most recently announced and both news that I'm going to talk about and you and I can discuss like we were earlier, Tucson FC, not Tucson FC as I tried to pronounce it, but Tucson FC, a PDL club that was founded in 2011. And more recently, I did not actually know this until we I was doing my research today, was bought by Phoenix Rising SC. So now you've got a division th- two club that owns a division four club that is going to move up to division three with pro soccer next year. You're going to have, you literally have a club that is going to be in competition for USL 27 and 28 Phoenix rising. One of the biggest media markets in North America, Phoenix, Arizona competing for the last two spots in MLS. And I think the fact that Tucson is becoming a pro team that they are going to invest in and get fans out to play in their own identity. It's not a, they're not going to call it Phoenix Rising 2. It's Tucson FC. Tucson is its own thing. Like, just like we explained in previous episodes, is that, uh, you can't have MLS two teams because essentially what you have are JV teams, and you've got these teams that don't don't even they don't even care. You don't see, I mean, you don't see as many people at the JV football. Yeah, game. because the only purpose is development. Why not? Why not both? Why not both? So. So Tucson was announced as the second club to move from the PDL, which is, again, a theme from the PDL to the new USL D3 division coming in 2019, which, again, 
is why I think that two, which is why I think that Phoenix Rising with their great, they propo- they proposed a great plan. They just weren't ready for this round. They've got a great supporters culture. They've got a great ownership group, including current player Digby Drogba, which is which gives you that that just gives you a huge boost. With name recognition, you get international appeal. Yep. And you're in an environment where you're going to have Southwest soccer fans bring in and because it's not a, it, honestly, uh, it's, uh, it's a team in the West Coast. That's not from it from honestly, how many teams are located between California and Texas? Not many. Not many at all. You got Colorado and RSL. R- RSL. Yep. That's, that's it. So bring in, and that's why they're making this move. They're putting Phoenix Rising is investing in Tucson to make them a professional club, so that those kids that come out of Tucson, that come out of Phoenix Rising. In three, four, in their academies in three, four years, they hit the ground running in MLS as an MLS team. I think they have a very strong case, not just for development, but for a market and an overall appeal. So, if you if if you ask me today, MLS twenty seven is Phoenix Rising. And MLS 28 is whoever doesn't make it into MLS 26. So would that be Tampa or San Antonio? Is it San Antonio or Sacramento? I think it's Sacramento. San Antonio has made very half-hearted attempts at being an MLS. So, So let's say this. Say, um... Cincinnati gets MLS twenty six. That will that will bump Sacramento to MLS twenty eight, and Phoenix will have. I think it'll bump them to twenty seven. I think they'll bring in twenty seven and twenty eight at the same time, especially considering, like I said, these clubs already exist. There's been a mix over the past few seasons of MLS expansion. Of clubs that do exist and clubs that don't. you, For example, NYCFC. Created out of thin air. You had a support. You had a good ownership group. Based on the Yankees. But you also had. One of the biggest. Growing organizations of soccer. In the world. In the city ownership. In the city group. And then, and then just like that. You had Atlanta. Uh, great, exactly. Great Atlanta, ownership, they, a great uh, supporter culture, and uh, ob- objectively. Anyway. Anyways, objectively, I mean, you you can't lie with the num- You can't argue with the numbers. You yes, can't. You cannot argue I, that they that they have sold out Mercedes Benz Stadium when the Falcons can't even do that. And we will see how they do in year number two. We'll but see what happens. again, you've got in these the the reason Atlanta 
Atlanta's not going to fail. If anybody says, I don't, I'm an Orlando City supporter. I can't stand Atlanta United. But Atlanta United is going to be a concrete team and has set the stage. I, I, I'm eating crow here. And any Atlanta fans that are listening can at me. That's fine. Atlanta is setting the definition for how U- U.S. soccer is going to be going forward. It's not going to be an old retirement home. Ricardo Kaká was the last great retirement party in U.S. soccer. We're going to see more young players that didn't quite make it into the European leagues that are coming here to fight, to win, to play, get their name made, go over to Europe, and we will repeat that cycle. And if we keep doing that, the kids we're bringing up locally will get to play with these players and go with them. And eventually, you just keep repeating that over and over. You keep repeating that, and hopefully, eventually, and and this this is a long shot, we will be up there with the Premier Leagues, the Bundesligas. Again, that's a long shot. Well, we're already one of the top, I think it's top six in attendance. Now we just got to get the quality up. And with these with these new rules, with the $2.6 million of discretionary target allocation money that has been granted this year, in addition to, which is, that's entirely based on ownership groups. So big owners that like to spend, like Orlando, who we can get to that later, but Orlando, Atlanta, um, New York, these clubs that all East Coast, which is odd, LA, I mean, LAFC is coming in the same way that Atlanta did, that like to spend to bring them in and bring in the quality. I mean, can you imagine if Toronto gets to the point keeps doing what they're doing and just keeps cycling through reject international players and building them up. They're going to be a force in reckon. Yeah. I mean, we're, they're, they're, we're they're, literally ru- They're already technically a super club. Let's be honest. They are. And, and they have history. They've already had to expand their stadium twice. And just this week I was reading an they're, article they're, they're where they're going to expand again. Exactly. I think, did you send that to me? I believe I'm, I might Or we have. both read this, or we read the same article. That tends to happen. Because both both MLS Cups, that, that stadium was standing room only. Nobody was sitting. Nobody. So, you've got the culture. It's there. It's growing. Not just in the U.S., but in Canada, exactly. too. Keep doing what you're doing. Just what we're doing, keep doing it. Increment it. Take the next step. Take the next step. You know what the next step is going to be after discretionary TAM? We're going to see a fourth DP slot. I think we're going to see a fourth DP slot in twenty in 2019. I, I absolutely Up agree. The, and that, that, is, and that, that, is the, that is absolutely the next obvious step. And MLS owners will put their monies where money where their mouth is. They're already doing it with discretionary TAM. Discretionary TAM, just for those who don't quite understand that, is target allocation money is used to either buy down contracts 
or pay for certain acquisitions. That money is given to the clubs every season and they only have so much of it. What discretionary TAM allows for is for each ownership group to put in $2.6 million of their own money in addition to the three DP slots that don't count against their salary cap. So that in theory, you can bring in a lower paid fourth DP player or even a fifth in, and buy the, their contracts down so that you have four to five players on your roster that are of DP value, that are high-valued players that lead to higher quality on your team. And to just keep, keep this whole segue train going, one of the clubs, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be impartial on this, but one of the clubs that has done that in this offseason is my beloved Orlando City Soccer Club. Matthew Doyle, our, our hero and the armchair analyst, said that they have had the best offseason. And, and, and I, you, I absolutely and, agree, which, which we'll get to here in a second. So, what, where do you, what do you think? MLS 27 and MLS 28. I honestly think that 26... We're going to see either Sacramento or Cincinnati. Whichever one of those does not get in, we're going to see them in um, 27. So that leaves 28. That leaves 28. And like you said, uh, Phoenix has a very, very strong chance. Uh, If not them... um, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I would say Tampa. Uh, but, uh, 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 why? They play at a 50-year-old minor league baseball yes, stadium they, they can't even sell out. I don't disagree with you that they should be on the list, but I don't think they have the strongest case. They don't have the strong. They don't, don't have the strongest case. Yeah, which is which but, is why I'm I'm saying they're basically a plan B, maybe even a plan C. If and in their defense, I will say this hurts me. I mean, I mean, I'm saying I mean, nice things about. I'm, I mean, Portland I, plays just, in a former baseball stadium. Okay. That's a fair argument. That, That's a good argument. I mean, Portland is is currently playing in a f- former baseball stadium that is, I don't know, how many years old? 90 years old. Exactly. They're playing in a 90-year-old baseball stadium, and if you look at it, you wouldn't say it's a baseball stadium. Well, and they're doing this beautiful thing where they're mixing the modern with the exactly. old and making it look great. And they're gonna build, You're they're right. They're going to build, like, three new you, tiers one side of the stadium exactly you're 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 absolutely right and that's why and i i've been proven wrong on in on a podcast that's why tampa and that this was announced late last week tampa is currently shopping for additional owners 
so that they can be strong for this next round. So you're right. My argument about the baseball stadium isn't right. They're fans here here and there. The Florida the Florida environment of saturation. Little scary. We we'll see how that all works out. But you're not wrong. And I think that they have a strong argument. I think that the amount of money and the amount of time that's been put into San Antonio is admirable. I think that with the Spurs that they could make make a strong argument. This is the Spurs of the bat of NBA, not Tottenham. The thing is, if the crew end up do moving to Austin, that might change things up a little bit. That yeah, and that's the thing is a lot of MLS expansion right now depends on this whole Columbus thing resolving itself. Because if Columbus does move to Austin, MLS 28 is going to be Columbus. This is going to be another San Jose to Houston factor. Where they move, the organization moves, and then a new ownership comes group comes along and refounds the club. That, that is exactly... That's what is going to... That's exactly what happened with my local minor league hockey team. The Fort Wayne Comets were founded uh, 65 years ago. They moved to, uh, I think it was like 1995. The ownership picked up the club, moved to, I think it was like Albany, New York. That club died in like two years. But ownership group picked up that name, picked up the, the Comets name, restarted a franchise and they've now that there has been a hockey team named the Comets playing in Fort Wayne for 65 years and you, you can, and that, you can and, certainly see that happening in Columbus and that's what we're kind of seeing we're kind of seeing the establishment and the much better management of soccer in America and that's what's going to lead to when we're old and gray and hopefully still doing this podcast, we can look back and say 2014, 2018, 2022, look at these breakers for the World Cup and look at all, all the increase in fandom. Just watch. Watch the numbers in USL and MLS go up after the World Cup, even though the U.S. isn't in it. Because the, the World people Cup is still the World fall Cup. in love with the game. The World Cup the is people still... Fall in... if, if you're a soccer fan, you still follow the game because the World Cup is still the World Cup. And the beautiful game is still the beautiful it, game. It's still going to have all your favorite players. It's still going to have Neymar, Ronaldo, Messi. It's still the World Cup. And then you're going to go, oh, I want to see this on my own. And somebody will hopefully say to you, have you ever heard of this local team that plays in the USL, the PDL, and Lord willing, MLS? Because, hey, you see these players on our U.S. men's national team. Where did those players come from? A lot of them probably came from your local team. 
I mean, Jordan Morris, he came from Seattle. Jazzy Zardes, he came from Los Angeles. I mean, Christian Pulisic, he came from Pennsylvania. Need I go on? And now, there's a bidding war for him. Premier League clubs are literally fighting for him. What a world. What a world. And honestly, as much as I would love to talk about MLS clubs in the MLS season, I kind of think we should end on that note. I kind of think we should end on the fact that domestic soccer is starting again. Talk, and we can later talk about how kind of the off season is gone. You you, you think that's yep, a, just a good way to end? So, I, I I love this game. I'm looking. I bef- I don't think we will be talking again before I partake again. I'll be I'll be in the terraces on March third. I'm taking a half day off and going up the night before too. And it's, I can't wait. I cannot wait. So it's it's gonna be we have, it's gonna be a good day when MLS starts again. Amen. I got I, I when I was in Nashville, I saw the MLS's back commercial, and I'm just like, and you could see the per, you could see the wall in Orlando City Stadium, just goosebumps, because mm-hmm. I knew I was in that mm-hmm. crowd. Mm-hmm. That was it was shots from opening day last year. I knew I was in that crowd. I knew I helped hoist that, sing that national anthem. I knew I helped make those chants for 90 minutes. That could be heard clearly on ESPN. I know I helped hoist that TIFO. And that's why that's why people across America are going to get fall in love with the beautiful game See, all over that's, again that's this year. The why, that's the whole reason why I got interested in MLS in the first place. I was sitting in my college apartment. There was an MLS game on. It was Seattle, Los Angeles in in Seattle. And I just watched the Seattle fans and I just fell in love. And you actually get you actually get to partake earlier than I do. Seattle's playing later this week. They play first they play a game in the Champions League and then they play LAFC. First game that LAFC plays will be against Seattle. Should be fun. Should be fun. It's going to be a good day, my friend. Amen. Well, we've been American Soccer Broadcast. We are rushing off to go watch the Champions League matchup between Toronto and Colorado. I've been Alex Wright. It will be snowing and slipping and sliding. Orange ball. Let's Let's go. go. Snow soccer. Orange ball. Amen. Um, I've been Alex Ryder. I, I, up until now, you've only been able to find me on Twitter and Facebook and my website, but now you can find me in multiple places. I am now a guest writer for an editor for the Lions Den, Orlando City Lions Den News. Look at you go. So you will... You will you will see me there. My writing's there from time to time. I'm actually working on a three-part piece right now to lead us into the beginning of this. Look at you go. So, 
I will be on there. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter, like normal, at ghost underscore writer, R-E-I-T-E-R. And I don't really post to Facebook, so who yeah. cares? Uh, I'm Jordan Hawkins. You can find me on Twitter as J. Ray Hawkins. Normally tweeting about Manchester United and hopefully here soon tweeting about my beloved Rave Green. And hopefully other... Uh, soccer-related things such as Lansing United starting their first season in the PDL. On their way to the USLD3. God willing. With that. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. Please give us feedback. Yes. We're looking for yes, lo- more feedback from our listeres. Yes. We're, we're uh, tweeted us, post on our Facebook. Uh, you can find us Please on Twitter. Please give us feedback and questions. You can find us on Twitter at ASB underscore podcast. Uh, or email us, uh, ASBpodcast at gmail. I'm going to be completely honest. I had no idea we had an email account. How do you think we got a Twitter account? Don't expose my... Huh. I'm a a doofus. Well, thank you very much for listening to our doofus... My doofusness and to Jordan's much more preparedness. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you soon. Enjoy the beautiful game. And party on, dudes. Be excellent to each other. I honestly forgot my catchphrase. I don't remember what my catchphrase is.